Good morning. It's a Wednesday. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL and all of its platforms. 1450 on the AM dial, 1039 FM in Concord and vicinity, and 101.9 FM in the Manchester area, booming into downtown Manchester. <clears throat> I have to clear my throat here. And uh, terrific signal at 101.9 FM and streaming around the clock at uh, nhtalkradio.com. And uh, we, we love on WKXL to talk about uh, local things. <clears throat> boy, boy, it's really getting scratchy this morning. Froggy, a frog in that throat. But we love to talk about uh, local happenings and uh, local theater, local sports. Uh, today we're going to talk about local theater. We're going to talk about the Pittsfield players with Megan, uh, I should say Megan, <laughs> Megan Dale. So this is the Dale and Kale show uh, <laughs> this morning here on uh, Kale and Company Live on WKXL. And Megan is the president of the Pittsfield Players. And uh, Megan, uh, welcome to WKXL. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Well, a, a pleasure to have you. And just uh, briefly in uh, in capsule form, uh, give us a little background on the uh, the Pittsfield Players. Gosh, the Pittsfield Players, we've been around since 1968. So we're celebrating our 54th season. Uh, going into our official fall season um, with our musical Jekyll and Hyde coming up this fall. But uh, we've had a little struggles this year, um, even though we have been able to continue on after having a fire nearby our building. Uh, we've had, um, besides having uh, COVID complications in 2020, having struggles coming back from that. 140 seats in our theater, and we're looking to fill those seats. So looking at all kinds of fresh ideas uh, coming up. But you have been, as you said, around uh, quite some time. Yes. And uh, very well established uh, in the area, 140-seat theater, the Scenic Theater. That's right. Which, uh, as I understand it, is a uh, renovated uh, movie theater. Yes. Uh, it, I actually used to go to the movie theater back in uh -huh. the day. We used to call it Arts Barn when Arthur and Valleen Dame okay. owned it. Yeah. Uh, I remember seeing, like, Lethal Weapon there, you know, wow. <laughs> and yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Pittsfield Players bought it in 1990 when uh, D.D. Pitcher was president. And it was a very tumultuous time at that time because we were not settled on whether we wanted to own our own building. The Pittsfield Players are one of two community theaters that own their own venue. The other one I like to call our sister venue, which is in Wolfboro, and that's uh -huh. the owned by the Village Players. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been... Uh, it's been an interesting ride since 91 with an old building built in 1914, um, but we had an, a wonderful opportunity presented to us, and we took it, and we have not regretted that. But there is certainly, when you do own your own building, there is a lot of uh, maintenance <laughs> involved, and uh, as, as you said, you uh, had a scare not that long ago with uh, a fire on, on very, very close to your theater. Yes, within four feet of our yeah, theater. four and feet. Thankfully, yeah. um, Barstead and Pittsfield Fire Departments arrived on the scene immediately, and uh, Chief of the Pittsfield Fire Department, his first words called out were, save the scenic. Uh, save the scenic. 
Like, all right. Still yeah, brings nice. tears to my eyes when I when I even say it and much yeah. less hear it. Um, and the, save it, they did. They immediately poured water on our building as well as the building beside us. And uh, we really suffered only cosmetic damage. Mm-hmm. Um, we did do some... Uh, smoke abatement inside the building um, but no actual smoke it was just the smell of the building next door that got in and then our siding did happen to melt off the side of the building but our clapboards underneath our wooden clapboards weren't even scorched so it was absolutely amazing um, and we just feel like our community watches over us I, I guess so, and uh, wow, that that had to be scary. But uh, uh, kudos to the uh, fire departments from uh, Pittsfield and and Barnstead, and mm-hmm. uh, that that was certainly uh, a great job that that they did in saving the scenic. Yes, absolutely. A, a, and uh, in the scenic has been a, a community institution for, as you mentioned, many many years, mm-hmm. and uh, still going strong. And you mentioned uh, your your upcoming show, your upcoming uh, musical is Jekyll and Hyde, a a show that uh, may not be uh, familiar to uh, a lot of people. I personally have never seen the show, but I've I've heard music from it, and the the, the music is is beautiful. Uh, in, beautiful in and haunting. And, I yes, would say yes, it is haunting. Yep. Yes, yeah. um, it is a little departure from what the Pittsfield players are used to. We are definitely a Gilbert and Sullivan or Rodgers and Hammerstein type of musical family, and while we definitely like to do the family shows, this year we're doing a little something different. Jekyll yep. and Hyde, directed by Marty Williams, uh, is more um, having to do with finding both the good and evil in people. Um, And that's what you discover is whether every person has equal parts good and evil. And again, the music, like you said, it's beautiful. It's haunting. It's going to be an extraordinary show. The set is already being built. We're happy to... Um, oh, be generating interest. Our auditions um, are the August 28th and 29th at 7 p.m. at the Scenic, mm-hmm. 6 Depot Street in Pittsfield. Uh, and we'd love to see any and all talent show up. We need everybody not only on stage but also backstage etc yeah and uh in our conversation just before we went on the air you said that uh, everybody is a volunteer that's right we are a completely volunteer organization uh which means and again i think i shared a little anecdote earlier that uh we had an audience member wonder well i saw the audition notice three months ago what took you so long to put the show on well it's because we are all volunteers we all have day jobs and uh it takes a lot to perform especially a musical um when you have not just acting happening but you have choreography and you have costuming and in this particular show the set will be very dramatic as well as the lighting and that all takes a lot of hours oh it absolutely does and uh, as you say an all volunteer not only cast but uh, behind the scenes and it, it, it takes a lot of time so uh who are, are, are some of the people, or, or, you know, just people who have, you know, nine to five jobs or whatever uh, it, it may be uh, that have a love of theater, love to perform? And uh, as I've said many, many times, there is a lot of talent there out sure there, is. which is uh, pretty much undiscovered, but uh, there is a lot of it out there. I mean, there are a lot of theaters like yours. Uh, 
just in the state of New Hampshire who rely on volunteer actors and uh, people behind the scenes and, yes. and what have you. So there is a lot of talent out there. So I guess there, there really is no typical person that uh, you know comes to the, the auditions. But do you, do you have people who uh, come sometimes to the auditions that uh, have never been in a production before? Absolutely, and those yeah. are my favorites, yeah. actually. I, I personally, I like to say that I gather people. I like to figure out what their talents are and put them to work. And uh, I have directed myself quite a few shows over the last 22 years. And my favorite thing and scariest thing is yep. when new people come and they've never been on stage before and we put them to work. And it's amazing what they'll do. First of all, they're the easiest to direct because they've never done it before and say they don't know to say no. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we recently had uh, someone come to um, our auditions for the last uh, musical show that we did, which was All Together Now. And his name is Jacob Heal. And he just recently won the Manchester I competition wow yeah so some fabulous talent can be yeah. found even our even in our small town yeah there, there's no doubt about it and did you find sometimes that people from outside of your area uh, come to audition absolutely yeah. we've had people travel you know over an hour to get to our our theater in order to perform sometimes it's just because it's the show they've always wanted to do um and and in this case i think jekyll and hyde is one of those shows that um, people are searching out to to play certain parts um but it, it's funny, our board of directors even comes from everywhere. We have a mailman, you know, we have an insurance agent, we have an ex-Reagan um, administration employee. Uh -huh. We have all kinds, all ages yeah. and all abilities, and we do welcome all of those people. But in the world of theater, yes. you, you must be dedicated, as you well know, uh, because uh, it's a grind. I, I know I, one of my daughters uh, was in theater uh, in Manchester when she was uh, in high school. And uh, there's a lot of hours spent uh, before the show actually uh, hits the stage. Absolutely. You have to be dedicated. Sure do. Yeah. So it is a, a you know, it's... It's a commitment. It is a commitment, and it's all volunteer, but it's for the love and the passion that people have uh, for for theater and maybe for a specific show like uh, Jekyll and Hyde, which will uh, go to the stage in uh, late October and early November after hours and hours of uh, rehearsals. That's right. No question about that. Megan Dale is our guest today. Me Megan is the president of the Pittsfield Players. And a lot more to discuss about the Pittsfield Players coming up right here on WKXL. It is Kale and Company Live. And coming up in the next half hour, our guest is going to be uh, David Adams Cleveland, who has written a book entitled Gods of Deception. And that's going to be something you want to stay tuned for as well. Right here, Kale and Company live on WKXL 1039 FM in Concord, 1019 FM in the Manchester area, 1450 AM in the Concord area, and streaming wherever you are on nhtalkradio.com. We'll have more right after these words. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company. Great to have you along with us. 
1450 AM, WKXL. Signal that's been around longer than me. Uh, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM, our newest signal in the Manchester area and well beyond in Goffstown, Bedford, Londonderry, Derry, Merrimack. You can hear the station everywhere. But if you, uh, you know, take a trip and you want to hear WKXL, if you're out of the region, or just if you want to catch up on some of the great programming here on the station, nhtalkradio.com. That's the place to go. Megan Dale is our guest. It is the uh, Dale and Kale show this morning (laughs) here on Kale and Company Live. And uh, Megan is the president of the Pittsfield Players, and it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of uh, revenue uh, to run uh, even a small theater, 140 seats at the uh, Scenic Theater in uh, Pittsfield. So I imagine that uh, you have your share of fundraisers. We absolutely do. We have a couple going on right now, and it's one of those things we kind of hesitate to do more than one fundraiser at a time so as not to strap our wonderful community that supports us constantly. But one of them we have going is uh, for our HVAC system. We have a couple of quotes that we had gotten in and decided on one to the tune of about $30,000 that we'd mm, love to put in, yeah. um, not just air conditioning, uh, perhaps some more heating, and also a filtration system. Obviously, we have, times are different now, and yep. we need to filter that air a lot better than we have been, and uh, we're looking to do that. So we're about a third of the way there already um, with our fundraising efforts, and recently had gotten a grant from Eversource, and that helped boost us a little bit more. But we are constantly looking for uh, donations, and we can you can visit our website, which is www.pittsfieldplayers.org, and make a donation there as we accept um, all kinds of credit cards and PayPal. So. All right. Pittsfieldplayers.org. So, uh, so check it out. And of course, uh, something that uh, everybody has to consider that, that, that run theaters, mm-hmm. having shows, uh, there are royalties in, involved. You, you, you can't just uh, put on a show uh, without paying royalties. That is true. And uh, I know those royalty fees can be uh, quite expensive, especially for musicals. Musicals more than straight plays. Absolutely. Yeah. Royalties are for musicals are probably, <laughs> I mean, almost 100% more than non-musicals, really? depending really? Yeah. on the popularity and how yeah. um, recently the, the show came out. Well, and that makes a difference, too, right? It uh, does. Yeah. And whether or not it's, you know, we had actually to cancel a show recently because it was touring on Broadway, so that's something else we have to look out oh, for. Oh, okay, yeah. But yeah, we're also we're always looking for sponsors for shows, partial sponsors yeah. or full sponsors, and that could mean anywhere between uh, just paying for the scripts or paying for the the fees associated with it, or sometimes just paying for the the posters, the tickets, the programs, yeah. those kinds of things that kind of fall between the track tra- cracks, but add up after a while. Yeah, I mean, you, you, sometimes people, when they you know sit down at the theater, don't consider all the expense sure. that goes along with it. And I'm sure uh, ticket sales don't cover all of the expenses. Not always, yeah, no. Yeah. You know, we'd like to think that they do, and a lot of times, you know, we get a lot of people in those seats, and sometimes we don't. And it, yeah. a lot of it, I think, has to do with there is so much theater to see in New Hampshire, which is a wonderful thing. But on the other hand, it's tougher to get people into the the scenic in order to have them see our wonderful shows, which we're a community theater, but we put on professional shows. 
Uh, you know, I, I'm sure that there are people listening to us, and we're not that far from Pittsfield as, as we sit here yeah. on this uh, Wednesday morning, just a stone's throw, really, and Pittsfield is a, is a great little town. But I'm sure there are people uh, that uh, until today when they clicked on WKXL mm-hmm. didn't know that there was a theater, a, a, a professionally people... run theater in in Pittsfield. There are people who live right in Pittsfield who, are, who have not stepped foot in our theater. So let me take you on a little visual tour where you walk into this beautiful building that was built in 1914. And you step in and you see the Art Deco lights on the sides uh, yeah. uh, that were are in red, white, and blue. They look like rocket pops from an ice cream truck. Okay. It, yeah. They're really kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. We have these great acoustic walls that have been recovered in some beautiful fabric. Um, and, and again, further down the road, we love to fit ourselves with a professional curtain at some point but right now we have a, a proscenium and we have very little backstage space but it's okay because it's really about the audience as far as we're concerned um, we have some wonderful comfortable seats they came out of the cinema 93 back in the day from Concord uh, after we replaced the horsehair ones that used to be in there oh, wow. yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> and there's not a bad seat in the house Cinema 93 in Concord. I haven't thought about Cinema 93 in, <laughs> in, a, a, in a while. Yeah. <laughs> but part of that is at the uh, Scenic it Theater. It really is. Yeah. It's like you can relive your childhood in uh, many ways. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. So well, what are some of the uh, the the plays that you've done? I, I know you're involved in, in that aspect of the theater Absolutely. a little bit more deeply than the musical. So what are some of the plays that have been performed over the years? So ironically, um, right after the fire we had next door, or, uh, we performed Death Trap. Okay. All right. Very fitting, I guess. Yeah. The uh, fire department got quite a kick out of seeing yeah. the posters and our marquees advertising right. Death Trap. Yeah. <laughs> and it was that, that was an absolutely wonderful show. Um, we've done so many over the years. We've revisited plays like Camelot. Um, I personally revised one of my mother's roles um, in Come Blow Your Horn by Neil Simon. Wow. Uh, we've done The King and I um, Tea and Sympathy, we've done some more obscure and very popular shows as well. Uh, we're looking at doing more shows in the in the future that uh, perhaps grab audiences who haven't seen them before. Right, Perhaps sure. like, you know, Gaslight or Angel Street or Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Wow, yeah. Well, it's it's, it's very ambitious. I mean, to, to do a show is an ambitious undertaking. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and again, all volunteers, which is... Uh, truly amazing. The dedication these people have is just, uh, to me, unbelievable. And uh, you, you put on some terrific shows uh, over the years. And uh, generally speaking, how many uh, shows do you uh, perform uh every year we do about five shows a year yeah. um we try to do a, a musical or two depending and we and then we do a couple of uh, non-musicals uh whether they be mysteries or dramas or comedies and then we do have a children's show that we do in february right before february vacation um and that's always a, a nice thing to see because that's something that the kids all with the exception of the direction and choreography perform themselves so they're backstage they're on stage they're in the lighting booth they're learning how to do it and they're learning the the vocab too as i learned recently um a lot of people when you're not a part of theater all the time you don't even know certain words that we use all the time like flats or props Mm -hmm. or you know things that theater people know and it's neat to be able to teach the next generations the excitement that theater can bring you 
do you uh, you think there's a great enthusiasm for youngsters to be uh, on stage and in the theater? Yeah, I absolutely do. Um, working with kids just recently discovered that a lot of people just plain old not only get excited about theater itself but it rejuvenates their own self-confidence when they get up on stage and they can perform and be somebody else and take on that role it gives them a a type of self-confidence they wouldn't get perhaps uh, just um, living their daily lives and so when that when they have that confidence they infuse it into other aspects of their lives and so it's great to see them not only excited about theater but just excited about themselves oh absolutely i've seen uh, great transformations in, in kids uh, over the years. My, as I said, my daughter was involved in, in theater when she she was younger and, and you know, pretty shy person, really. Uh, but, uh, you know, after being involved in, in, in theater, it, uh, you know, you take on a new perspective and a new personality sometimes. You sure and, do. And gain, and gain more confidence in, in general. So it's a great experience. I know our producer Kat has been uh, in a number of shows she has. at the uh, Scenic Theater. And uh, I'll tell you, it's, uh, I, I am definitely going to visit it. Going to see Jekyll and Hyde. Great. I, I'm going to circle it on my calendar. And again, the auditions are when? They're August 28th and 29th at 7 p.m. at the Scenic Theater. Come ready to sing a song and do a few dance steps and just be yourselves. Yeah, yeah very good. And uh, so how many actors are, are in the show? That is a question I honestly don't uh, have the answer okay. to. I am sorry. <laughs> but again, uh, even check if, out our website, pittsfieldplayers.org. <laughs> right, even if you don't want to perform, you always need help uh, behind the scenes we and, certainly and do. doing other aspects. There's of room the for theater. everyone. Yes, outstanding. So check it out, pittsfieldplayers.org, the scenic theater in beautiful Pittsfield, New Hampshire. Megan Dale, thank you for being with us today. We uh, truly appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. All right, and keep us posted on everything happening at the, uh, you know, at the Scenic Theater with the Pittsfield Players. Absolutely. Please come join us. All right. Coming up, noted author David Adams Cleveland. And the name of the book is Gods of Deception. Might want to stick around and catch that as well right here. On WKXL, it is Kale and Company Live. Don't you dare go away. It is Kale and Company Live right here on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in the Concord area, 101.9 FM in Manchester and beyond. And streaming 24 hours a day at nhtalkradio.com. The new novel is Gods of Deception. The author is David Adams Cleveland, who uh, covered the Soviet Union for the Voice of America during the perestroika and glasnost period of the 1980s. A world of lies, intimidation, and brutality setting the backdrop for how Vladimir Putin sees his role in trying to recreate the old Soviet empire. This novel uh, so relevant today. Uh, welcome to the show, David. Great to have you with us. Hey, Ken, it's great to be with you. And, uh, boy, this, this book, 928 pages long. I can hardly pick it up, but, uh, but then when you pick it up, you can hardly put it down. Uh, how, how long was this book in the works? Oh, this one took me about five years, Ken. 
I'm not surprised. Uh, 928 pages. So many intriguing characters uh, in this book. Alger Hiss, probably the most famous among them. Uh, Whitaker Chambers, uh, Edward Dimmock, the, the judge. Who Who is your favorite character to write about uh, in this book? Well, it had to be uh, the main character, which would be Alger Hiss. Alger Hiss, uh, for those in your audience who don't know, uh, was a convicted Soviet spy in 1950. Uh, Alger Hiss was convicted of passing top-secret State Department uh, uh, papers to uh, Whitaker Chambers, who was his uh, uh, military intelligence, Soviet military intelligence handler. Uh, it was controversial. Uh, half the country believed that Alger Hiss was guilty, Half the country believed that he was innocent. For 50 years, it divided the country. We now know for a certainty that Alger Hiss was, in fact, guilty, but guilty of much more than just passing those uh, State Department papers in the 1930s. He actually sat at Roosevelt's right hand at Yalta and was instrumental in promoting the policies of the giveaway of Eastern Europe to uh, Stalin and the Soviet Union, the return of millions of Russian refugees to their certain death, and a lot of other bad stuff. Uh, we now know, in fact, that on the way back from Yalta, uh, Hiss and a few members of the delegation stopped in Moscow for one day. And during that 24-hour period, Hiss was taken aside by the head of Soviet intelligence and given the Order of the Red Star. Uh, so we now know that, in fact, Hiss was an agent of influence and did uh, a lot of damage to this country, along with the 500 other spies that were in the American government and uh, related war industries, and um, the 200,000 members of the American Communist Party that provided the uh, infrastructure for Stalin's spies. Now, I have to bear in mind that this uh, is a novel, but certainly uh, the book takes a deep dive into uh, one of the, the biggest trials of the, the 20th century. Just tell us a little bit about, uh, about that. The trial was controversial uh, because his was a paragon of the Eastern establishment. He was a top uh, uh, officer in the State Department. Uh, he actually ended up as the president of the Carnegie uh, Endowment for World Peace. Uh, he was well thought of by uh, Alan Dulles and uh, the Dulles brothers and uh, a, a lot of the top people in the U.S. government. People just couldn't believe uh, that a man of his standing and stature, uh, Johns Hopkins, uh, mm. Harvard University law degree, uh, they couldn't believe that a man uh, of his character, uh, part of the establishment, could have actually been a spy. If Alger Hiss was a spy, it meant that a lot of other people could be spies also. So the trial was very controversial. It pitted Hiss against his accuser, Whitaker Chambers, who had been his spy handler for some eight years uh, before the Second World War. Uh, and Whitaker Chambers portrayed a long relationship with Hiss and his wife, Priscilla Hiss. Uh, they had vacationed together. They had, uh, they had, uh, had homes together. Their families had uh, gone on vacation together. They had parented together. And all of this 
uh, Hiss denied, denied knowing Whitaker Chambers, barely uh, said that he'd ever met the man. So the trial was really uh, pitting Whitaker Chambers against Alger Hiss. But in the end, Whitaker Chambers was able to produce some State Department top secret State Department papers that he had hidden away that had Hiss's handwriting and that was connected to the Hiss's Underwood typewriter. So the trial itself proved quite conclusively that, in fact, Whitaker Chambers had been telling the truth and Hiss had been lying. Nevertheless, uh, the verdict divided the country for 50 years. Uh, It was quite an astounding event. The book is uh, Gods of Deception. Our guest today, the author of uh, that novel, David Adams Cleveland. And, uh, uh, David, who was George Altman? George Altman is the grandson of Edward Dimmick. Edward Dimmick, uh, or the judge as he's known in the book, was the man who defended Alger Hist in the famous trial. And uh, the book opens with the judge uh, being 90 years old and trying to finish his memoirs and uh, trying to figure out whether Hiss was actually guilty or possibly innocent. So he enlists his grandson, George Altman, who is a Princeton astrophysicist, smart guy, smart kid uh, in his late 20s, and uh, his, grand, his, his, uh, his grandfather enlists him to try to help uh, ferret out the truth about Alger Hiss. And so George Altman starts reading his grandfather's uh, memoirs. At the same time, he sees and finds some pencil sketches in the uh, old man's office. And these are uh, people that w- would have testified uh, at the uh, Alger Hiss trial. And he realizes that a number of the Lawrence Duggan, William Remington, uh, Marvin Smith, Noel Field were people that died in strange circumstances, falling out of windows, falling down staircases, disappearing behind the Iron Curtain. And he realizes that there's a lot more going on in this case, that the KGB had a specialty of disappearing witnesses and people they didn't want to talk. Um, And so this starts uh, George Altman um, in pursuit of the truth, about the truth about what happened to these people that uh, weren't able to uh, testify in the Alger Hiss trial and leads him down a rabbit hole into the truth about uh, Alger Hiss. Uh, there, there's so much to this book, and I must confess I haven't read all 928 pages as yet, but uh, there's a, a lot of talk about art in this book. It's a, it's a love story, and uh, when uh, you, you talk about art in this book, uh, y- you have, uh, have written a, a lot about art uh, over the years. I have. I've written a lot about art. I've written a definitive book on American tonalism, which is a landscape school. American Landscape School from 1880 to 1920. I am always um, delighted to be able to uh, bring uh, the reputations of dead and, and uh, valuable artists back to life. I like uh, talking about art, uh, telling stories about the artists, and in terms of my fiction, I like um, I like setting the scene, the landscapes, the world, uh, the atmosphere, the weather, the details. 
of the times and places um, that uh, my characters are set in so that the uh, readers have a feel for the for the time and place and for the humanity of the characters. So I find that my my art writing and my fiction writing work very well together. Well, they, they absolutely do, and I said the book is very relevant. Uh, before we go, uh, Vladimir Putin, former KGB agent, uh, disciple of Joseph Stalin, how did he come to power? Well, Vladimir Putin was a KGB agent. He was, he was trained by the KGB, as were his uh, circle. Uh, and he came to power by brutal methods. They blew up an apartment building of Russian citizens, blamed it on Chechen terrorists, and he used that as a way to uh, move himself into the political sphere, gain influence, gain power, gain votes. Uh, Putin is a very bad guy, and uh, again, he's brought back all the, all the elements from the KGB playbook, uh, false flags, big lies, false information, disinformation. Putin is a very, very bad man. There is no doubt about that. And this is a very, very good book, Gods of Deception. David Adams Cleveland. And uh, David, thanks for being with us today. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. We will be right back. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 1019 FM in Manchester, and nhtalkradio.com. It is Kale and Company live for a Wednesday. It is a delight to have you along with us. WKXL, 1450 on the dial, the AM dial, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, there was some good news and uh, some bad news out of Toronto uh, last night, where I, I should say out of uh, Tampa, uh, Tampa, Florida, actually St. Petersburg, where they play at Tropicana Field. But uh, Chris Sale, the uh, left-hander who signed a couple of years ago a uh, multi-year uh, contract worth tons of money. I think the Red Sox actually were ill-advised in signing him to that length of a contract and that much money, but they did, and last night uh, he came back, made his first start of the 2022 season for the Red Sox, and it was very impressive. Uh, five innings pitched for Chris Sale on uh, Tuesday night in St. Petersburg. He allowed three hits, walked one, Struck out five, left the ball game after five innings with a two to nothing lead. But do you think the Red Sox could hold on to that lead? Oh man, it all uh, all came unraveled uh, in the sixth inning. Uh, runners at first and second for uh, Tampa Bay, and uh, a hard line drive. Uh, came back and hit reliever Matt Strom on the left wrist, and he is a left-hander. And uh, instead of you know holding on to the ball, eating the ball, he picked it up. The glove came off his hand, 
Uh, the force was so great of the line drive that came back at him. Picked up the ball and, what do you think, made an errant throw uh, to first base. So that ball was retrieved by Franchi Cordero, the first baseman. He picked up the ball and then made a bad throw to the plate. As a result, two runs came across Tampa Bay, uh, then took a 3-2 uh, to two lead after six innings. But it wasn't over. You know, still a lot of game to be played at Tropicana Field. Seventh inning, Alex Verdugo led off with a double. He had a, a good night at the plate. And then uh, Jeter Downs, he was in the game because Trevor Story was injured last night on a pitched ball as uh, he uh, had uh, an injury to his uh, right hand. And they say it's just a contusion, and let's hope that's the case, but kind of looked worse than that uh, at the time. But anyway, uh, Trevor Downs, one of the players along with Alex Verdugo, who the Red Sox got in the Mookie Betts deal a few years ago now. Jeter Downs singled, and Verdugo went to third. So first and third for the Red Sox, trailing 3-2, to two, top of the seventh inning. Franchi Cordero at the plate, who had driven in a run earlier with a bunt down the first baseline, trying to bunt again to get a runner home, Verdugo from third base. He was unsuccessful in laying down that bunt. And what's worse is that Alex Verdugo got picked off third base. Picked off third base. It was the first out of the Red Sox seventh and Verdugo, for some inexplicable reason, got picked off at third base, leaving just a runner at first base. The Red Sox uh, did not go on to score in the inning. And the final score was uh, 3-2 to two, uh, Tampa Bay winning that ball game last night, taking the first two games of the series, which will continue tonight at uh, Tropicana Field. And the Red Sox have not, and uh, this is very troubling, Red Sox have not won a series from an American League East opponent this year. And that includes the Baltimore Orioles, who are right now one of the hottest teams in all of baseball. That's right. You heard it correctly. The Baltimore Orioles are one of the hottest teams in all of Major League Baseball. Uh, and uh, it's hard to believe, but it's a fact. And uh, they are creeping up, creeping up on the Boston Red Sox in the standings as far as the uh, Wildcat. Uh, wild card situation uh, is concerned. I mean, uh, right now, if the season were to end today, uh, the uh, wild cards in the American League would be Tampa Bay, the Red Sox, and Toronto. But Seattle, Baltimore, and Cleveland are all right in the hunt as well. Red Sox will have uh, two more games to play this week at Tampa Bay. And then, right before the uh, All-Star game, uh, they will be taking on the New York Yankees at Yankee Stadium on uh, Friday, Saturday, and uh, Sunday afternoon. So, uh, five big games left for the Red Sox before the All-Star break. And, of course, if you don't know by now, Rafi Devers, Red Sox third baseman, will be starting at third uh, for the American League. 
And uh, J.D. Martinez uh, was named to the All-Star team uh, yesterday uh, by the American League. So there you go. And it was uh, one year ago today that Los Angeles Angels pitching and hitting hitting star Shohei Otani uh, unleashed his 100-mile-per-hour fastball while pitching a perfect inning for the win as the American League beat the National League 5-2 for its eighth consecutive victory in All-Star Game competition. So they will be going for number nine on a Tuesday night in uh, Los Angeles. So Tani, by the way, in that game went uh, 0 for 2 uh, at the plate and uh, brings up uh, an interesting story as Shohei Otani, of course, is a, a, a two-way player uh, unlike anything we have ever seen uh, since the days of Babe Ruth. And most of us never saw Babe Ruth play. Uh, so we're seeing Shohei Otani who is uh, one of the top pitchers right now in the American League. His, uh, his uh, batting average and home run production this year uh, not quite equal to where he was this time last year, but certainly still a member of the All-Star team, and his contract is coming up uh, real soon, and it uh, poses an interesting scenario for the Los Angeles Angels as they have uh, a few high-priced players in Otani, certainly Mike Trout, who uh, many say is the best player all the way around in baseball, and they just uh, recently signed Anthony Rondon, former Washington National, uh, to a long-term huge uh, contract to play third base for them. I don't know how they can carry all that salary. You have to wonder if someday uh, they're going to lose one of the two uh, of, of their major superstars in uh, Shohei Otani or uh, Mike Trout. You can't imagine Mike Trout, who pretty much signed a lifetime deal with the Angels. You can't imagine Mike Trout playing anywhere but Los Angeles with the Angels. But he's got to be frustrated. I mean, he, to most, is the best all-around player in baseball, and yet... He has only, in his entire career, played in three, count them, three postseason games. And that's where all the attention is really focused, is in the postseason in baseball. And here you have the best player in the game by most people's standards, and he has played in his career just three postseason games. Hard to believe, but true. And it does not appear as if he will be adding to that list this year with the Angels. So it's got to be frustrating. It's got to be frustrating for him and Shohei Otani, who is just, uh, you know, a, a miraculous player, really. Uh, one of the best pitchers in the league and a uh, prodigious, as they say, home run hitter. I mean, he can hit the ball as far as anybody uh, in the game. And... Uh, you know, they're playing in a big market in Los Angeles, but sometimes, you know, because of that, they're not in the uh, Eastern time zone. The games are late for the most part, and uh, people don't get to see much on uh, live TV of Mike Trout and Shoei Otani. So maybe someday they will, will be playing elsewhere. We'll have to, uh, have to keep an eye on that scenario. Birthdays today? Oh. Well... 
July 13th, Johnny Gilbert. Remember Johnny? Longtime announcer on Jeopardy. Johnny Gilbert, 94 years old today. Actor, uh, actor Patrick Stewart from uh, Star Trek is 82. Harrison Ford, the actor, turns 80 today. And singer-guitarist Roger McGinn of The Birds is 80 today. Kale and Company live right here on WKXL 1450 on the AM dial. 103.9 FM in Concord. 101.9 FM in Manchester and beyond. And, of course, we're streaming around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. Now, on the show Thursday, good friend Brian Coombs from Rocking Horse Studio in Pittsfield, New Hampshire. Home of the Pittsfield Players. We talked about them earlier in today's show. Brian will talk about a lot of things musically, but especially about recording at Abbey Road Studio in London, where the Beatles used to record. That'll do it for this edition of Kale & Company. We thank you very much for listening. Make it a habit, do it again, and have a terrific day. Thanks for being with us.